Who will win this week in Champions League match day three? Will Manchester United find themselves next to be eliminated from the knockout stages? And will Italy, with Italy being rocked, is yet another high-profile scandal? We tackle an age-old topic of betting and football. Why is it such a problem? Can it be fixed? I'm Redbeard. This is Targo. What's up, guys? Join us as we tackle this week in football. This is an all-new episode of Bruise and Banter FC, and it starts right now. What up, man? How's How it going? You? Doing good. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm very excited for this beer I got in front of me. So what are you drinking? I'm not drinking a beer. I'm drinking some screwball peanut butter whiskey with cranberry juice. I call it a PB&J because it tastes like peanut butter and jelly. Peanut butter 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 jelly with a baseball bat. Yeah. Yeah, We got that out of the way. (laughs) (laughs) You knew I was going to do it. Someone says peanut butter jelly. I can't not do it. So, uh, today I got another one coming at you from uh, South Carolina Sweetwater Brewing Company. This one's Extra Pale Ale, four twenty. Four twenty. Is there something extra in that beer? Uh it's the it's called the OG Pale Ale for them, I guess. Um, fresh, flavorful, well balanced every time. If you know, you know. Oh, I don't know. So let us know. <laughs> How is this pale ale? I'll be honest with you, you know when you go to drink and you breathe in the the air from it, like right off the bat, it tastes like, like that part tastes like an IPA, but when you taste it, it just tastes like a nice, crisp, refreshing pale ale, like not an IPA at all. Smells like an IPA, but doesn't taste like one. Smells like an IPA, does not taste like an IPA. Uh, Seven out of ten. Seven out of ten, okay. And I will I say like I've had can, this before, <laughs> but I did not remember what it tastes like. So you, you can guess them when I had that. Had but too many anyway. of them, huh? <laughs> <laughs> A few. Yes. All right, Targo. Let's get into betting in football because Ooh. it's reared its ugly head again. And you know yeah. what? I mean, so the most recent one, the most high profile one that we've had, you know, Ivan Tony banned for eight months for 232 counts of betting. We've also had in the past, you know, Joey Barton. Remember him? Suspended I do. for 18 X-Man months. City in player, 20, yeah. yeah, 2017 while playing for Marseille, I believe. Andros Townsend was banned for four months in 2017 as well. We have the infamous I, Daniel Sturridge banned for four months in 2020. I don't remember then, the Andros Townsend one, if I'm being honest with you. <laughs> You know what, to be honest, I don't either. But I do remember <laughs> Daniel Sturridge getting banned because that I do was remember like, that one. Right yes. when he was trying to make a big money move somewhere and they just said, nah, we're good. And his career just went. Uh, then we had Kieran Trippier, was banned 18 weeks in 2019, right before his move to Atletico Madrid. Fun fact. Okay. Which was like just the summer. So, whoopsie. Didn't hurt him at all, apparently. Yeah. Didn't get a preseason. So now there's this big betting scandal in Italy. 
It involves three players. We got Nicolo, was it Fagioli? Fagioli, yeah. Fagioli. We got Sandro Tonali and Nicolo Zaniolo. Yeah. They're all a part of a massive betting investigation. Uh, the uh, prosecutor in Turin and the Italian FA inquired about this and started the whole investigation last June. And this case really comes down to two things. First, a soccer player can't bet on soccer games in general. Duh. There's that. You know, yeah. got the main one. And then uh, Article 24 of the Italian Code of Sports states professional footballers are prohibited from gambling on official events organized by FIGC. Yeah, and UEFA, FIFA. UEFA, FIFA. Yeah. So essentially, they can't place any bets, <clears throat> receive bets, directly or indirectly. Well, I didn't know this, but in Italy, it's apparently an 18 billion euro industry. Illegal Huge, betting. man. And it's illegal. This isn't Huge. through. Yeah. And what makes it illegal is it's not through the government. It's through kind of these, you know, online Illegal betting sites. platforms, apps. Yeah. Sites, yeah. Which is it's crazy to me that it's that big. Like that prevalent what, do, too, yeah. Do do players just not know what to do with all the money they're making nowadays? I well, apparently Fascioli, he kind of gambled quite a bit of his money away. He was asking players for loans and kind of giving them shady reasons why, which isn't good. That's no. that's that's an addiction right there. And hopefully yeah, he, and I, he's getting the help he needs. I I hope so. I remember there were. I know a lot of images of him, you know, bawling on the sidelines after being taken out at a certain minute because he was afraid for his life because of his debts. But he was suspended for seven months. We'll miss the remainder of the 23-24 season. Uh, it was up to three years, but he agreed to help take part in the investigation. And yes. we get to the news that came out like a day or two ago as of this recording. Uh, Sandro Tonali gets 10 months so he'll miss the rest of the season and the euros and so, eight months of gambling rehab essentially so yeah so Fagioli's also getting the gambling rehab um and because his the reason his also isn't as bad is he didn't bet on his own teams so i can't remember i know it's juve and i think it was criminese mm-hmm. he wasn't betting on his actual teams he was betting on other things versus tonali his ban is worse because well he was Betting on his own team. Yeah, AC Milan when he was playing there. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's kind of crazy, especially because these are two high-profile names in the Italian national team, right? Oh, yeah. And the fact that Tonali's going to miss the Euros is a big miss for Italy, especially so he, since yeah. they didn't qualify for the World Cup. He's not playing until pretty much the start of next season. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Nicolo Zaniolo... He's under investigation, but he's claiming he did not place bets on sporting events that he was using these sites for like online poker, you know, gambling games like that versus betting on sports. Yeah. And so his we don't know what's going to happen with him or if anything will happen with him yet. Yeah. And the big thing with him denying everything is he cannot be exempt from the three year ban. So if he gets found guilty and denies it then he can get up to three years, which would be huge for a guy who's, what is he, 21, 22? Oh, man, you're asking. I think he's a little older than that. He's young, either way. But, I mean, I know he just played, like, 78 minutes for Aston Villa 
the other day. So, so. yeah, he's 74. 74? Sorry, 24. <laughs> <laughs> like, damn, man, he ages well. Can I get whatever he's drinking? But, I mean, the real question is, why do you think this is such a big problem in football? I have no idea, man. I, Growing up, you know, not the richest person, I always had this whole thing of, I work too hard to gamble my money away. Me too. And so I've never found gambling enticing or fun or, you know, anything like that. Or addicting. I, I know it is out there. It is an addiction for some people, so it's... It, it is an issue, obviously, for footballers, but I just, I don't know why they couldn't, I guess, gamble on other things besides football, maybe because they know football, so they think they can make money at it. I, I don't know, man. Yeah, I, I don't know either. And a lot of the problem, I think, especially with betting on your own team, is you can directly affect those bets. Oh, yeah. So. I, and you can bet on everything, like how many yellow cards get out, how many. Yeah. If there's a red card, who scores the first goal? What, what, How many outside? The ball goes out for a throw-in for a certain team in a certain minute. Like it, You could literally bet on anything. It's all prop bets. So, But, I mean, yes, it is a pu- public thing of late in Italy, and it goes back, you know, almost 40 years, but it still affects the whole of football. You think it's because players are making more money than ever? I don't know. It could be. You know, I was actually thinking about this yesterday. I think as I was I was watching the Champions League games, I was thinking, is it weird for players when a coach comes in? I was specifically thinking of PSG. But when a coach comes in like this coach doesn't make as much as the players like is that. Is that weird for some of these players like, you know, a 24 year old who's making millions. It's making more than the coach. Yeah. Yeah. So it's. Like, is he kind of like, coach can't tell me what to do? You know, he might think he's some big shot, which I, I mean, it has been an issue at PSG, the For a, a while, yeah. The, what's the word I'm thinking of? The, you know, they're divas over there, or they think they're above them. Prima donnas. Prima donnas, or, yeah, that's not the word I'm thinking of. I mean, they're not, obviously, because they're world-class Ego. football. They're but, egos, man. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, giant egos over there, and and we've seen so many coaches go in and out the door there. None of them can control it. So, I mean, I guess the biggest question before we move on to the Champions League is, can it be expunged from football? Oh, yeah. I mean, look at these punishments, man. They're pretty harsh. Yeah. That has a huge, I mean, if, you know, three years as the max bet, as a max penalty. That's yeah. That's potentially career ending. It could be, yeah. I I just I don't know if it can be expunged from football. It's such a giant, like eighteen billion euros. That's a massive industry. That's bigger than well, I would say most industries around the world at this point. It it, it I, is huge, I, but maybe it's too far gone at this point to completely get rid of it. But maybe they just need to. You know, have harsher penalties than five years. Maybe it's if you get caught, you're out of football. Potentially, yeah, that that could be a, a great that one. Would, that would definitely, if that I had definitely... gambling addiction, I would keep me from gambling at least on football. And I'd go straight to the casino after I got done with the match. So. <laughs> Put it on the side. You'd be really good at hiding it. <laughs> one of the two, and I'm sure these guys aren't the only ones to do it. They're just the only ones to get caught right now. That is a good point. 
So let us know what you guys think down in the comments. You know, is there anything they can do? Is it worse than we think it is? Is it a problem that's never going to go away? I mean, obviously clubs are cheating all over the place with these financial fair play rules. Allegedly. But match fixing is a big thing in Italy. Betting is a big thing in Italy. Maybe is it just a societal thing? Who knows? Let us know in the comments. So we had match day three in the Champions League. Three. Did not disappoint. I posted a TikTok video about it. I thought this was all about the youngsters, man, in this Champions League round. Oh, yeah. This round was all about them. Great young talent stepping up. We'll get into it when we get to the games. But let's start off. The first game we had was Bayern Munich and Galatasaray. So this one was in Turkey, in Istanbul, and it ended 3-1 to Bayern Munich. This was an interesting game. I thought Galatasaray played very well. They had over 20 shots. For a large portion of this game, they played very well. Yeah. I would argue the first goal came from Kingsley Komen in the eighth minute against the run of play. Yeah, I would agree. And then Mario uh, Mauro Icardi got brought down by Joshua Kimmich for a PK that he then panakeed in the 30th. <laughs> the audacity. The audacity. It was. It was. And so, <laughs> and then I, it was about the 70th minute, I would say. Galatasaray, they kind of started to run out of steam. And it was Harry Kane, man. Then 73rd, he put him ahead. Some wonderful play by Jamal Musiala. And then Musiala would get his goal to make it 3-1. Yeah, Harry Kane with the assist on that one. Yeah. Like you said, man, this was was the week of the youngsters. And Musiala putting in yet another world-class performance. Putting the sword to Galatasaray. But yeah, like you said, I I think Galatasaray can feel hard done by that scoreline. That's for sure. Yes, yes, they can. I was when I was watching this game, I also noticed something else. Galatasaray is a hodgepodge of old Premier League players from like every team, man. Yeah, Davison Sanchez, former Tottenham player, Lucas Torreira, former Arsenal player, Wilfred Zaha from Crystal Palace, and Dombele from Tottenham. <laughs> Tottenham. Kenny played at Leicester. <laughs> <laughs> They really are, though. But I, it hasn't that been the, the Turkish teams for what's forever, it seems like? Don't forget Angelino, who played for Manchester yeah. City. Yeah. <laughs> Their left back came on. And RB Leipzig, yeah. And so I just I just thought it was hilarious. All these former Tottenham, Arsenal, Man City <laughs> players playing together. It really is a hodgepodge, though. Like, you couldn't have said it any better. Yeah, speaking of Premier League, we had Manchester United take on Copenhagen at Old Trafford. This one ended 1-0 to Manchester United. The lone goal, Harry Maguire, man. Prince Harry on the end of a Christian Eriksen cross and probably some of the worst defending I've ever seen. It was real bad. He was so open. He was so open. And if he had missed that in pure Harry Maguire style, I would have thrown something at the TV. <laughs> <laughs> that was in the I think seventy second minute, so it was late on. But Manchester United, they got the win. Did they deserve it though? No, not at all. No, 
Copenhagen were pushing them this whole match, and I would say their goal was even against the run of play. And the whole first half dominated by Copenhagen. The whole first half, I would say, was dominated by Copenhagen. Man United came into it a little bit in the second. Copenhagen can feel hard done by. They got a PK right at the death, saved by Onana. I gotta say, Garnacho, man. Woo! Stepping on that penalty spot, and you could see, like, in the replay, the penalty spot, you know how it's painted, right? It was splattered everywhere around that penalty. He dug a hole for that penalty. Woo! I will say, Onana had a pretty good game. He came up with some big saves in this one, kept United in it. And so it was fantastic to see, you know, a couple of the banter players that we like to shit on, Andre Onana (laughs) and Harry Maguire, coming up big for this game. They were Honestly, keeping them in the Champions League to make it to the knockout rounds. Because I think if they would have lost this game or even drew it, it would have been difficult go to, for him. Yeah, you'd have to go to Copenhagen and win and go to Istanbul and win because we all know probably won't beat Bayern Munich at home. No. That's a tough – those are tough games, man. Yeah. Two away games and your home games against Bayern Munich. And if you look at them in the table, they're sitting on three points here. They're in that Europa League spot. They're behind Galatasaray, who's on four points, and Bayern Munich were perfect so far. Maybe yeah, when right. Bayern Munich comes to Old Trafford, you see some rotation there. Even with rotation with that Bayern Munich squad, I still don't know if Manchester United stand a chance. <laughs> Matthias Tell coming in. I would assume Harry Kane would still start. Musiala probably is on the bench, but then you got Mueller coming in. I just, I don't, Serge I don't Canabry see. probably. Yeah. I don't see United getting any points from that game. I've been wrong before. I mean, it's still a lot of time left for them to pick their season up and gain some momentum before then. But I just I don't see Galatasaray losing to them in Istanbul. And if they draw and beat Copenhagen, that that leaves United with six points. And so, yeah, we're already halfway through the group stages. Isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. That is nuts. <laughs> Like, holy crap, where has this season gone? I mean, we're ten, almost 10 games through the Premier League also. Three games into the Champions League. Holy crap. Having said that, I think United, they're definitely going to have to beat Copenhagen. And I think they're, and they're going to have to do something against Galatasaray. They can't draw or lose that game. Unless somehow Galatasaray does not beat Copenhagen, which could happen. But I believe their I believe their match is in Istanbul as well. So we'll see. I, it's not. It's in uh, Denmark. It's in Denmark. Okay. So then, yeah. I mean, anything could happen on the last match day. It's all going to be what happens in the last two, next two. Group A will definitely be interesting. Watching yes. Man United and Galatasaray fight it out for that second place spot. But let's move on to Group B. We had Arsenal facing Sevilla. In Spain, Arsenal coming out, 2-1 winners. Gabriel yeah. Martinelli, man. First what a match. the Champions League, scores a goal. What a match it was. And yeah, what a performance by young Gabriel Martinelli. And the first goal, man, it was Gabby to Gabby to Gabby. It was. <laughs> They're all Gabriel sitting there the Spider-Man Ma- meme. <laughs> Gabriel Magalhães. <laughs> Clears it up, and then this turn, man. This oh. beautiful turn from Gabriel Jesus. Oh. And then the ball to play in Martinelli, sending him one-on-one. 
and just goes around the keeper like it was nothing. Nothing. I got nervous cool. when he got one-on-one. I was cool, watching it, and I was collected. like, ooh. He was also very close to that keeper, too. And, like, it didn't yeah. look like he was moving very quick. Like, he was no. running fast or something. I don't know if my <laughs> my feet was lagging or, or what. But he, he just looked like he was it, it was a little not. trot. It, it was not. And there was nobody in, in sight besides the keeper. So, he, I mean, his trot apparently is faster than 90% of the players. So <laughs> Right. I, I saw terrible. some fun fact, though, that Gabriel Martinelli, like, his first Premier League game, his first FA Cup, first whatever – yeah, League Cup game. In all, in all of, of his first games, he scored in all of them. That is a wild and fun statistic. I think we all forget he's very young still. He's only, what, 23 years old? 22. 22, see? Yeah. And how cool and collected he is. And he looks like an established Premier League player. I mean, we remember when he got bought by Arsenal. We're like, who's this kid? And then we went and saw him in preseason, and he tore it up against Bayern Munich. I remember a specific game. It was uh, when Freddie Unberg was in caretaker manager. It was against West Ham. He scored a fantastic goal. Yeah, I was like, oh, this kid is special. And they got him for what? Like $4 million? What a Something bargain. like that, yeah. <laughs> Arsenal would go two up, though, through Gabriel Jesus. Oh, peach of a goal. Mwah. Curler into that top right corner. Beats his defender. Gets that little bit of space and just curls it, man. Where the spiders lay their eggs, my friend. How good was Gabriel Jesus in this match, though? Like, this might have been his best performance in an Arsenal kit. Pretty close, man. That was in the 53rd minute, and yeah, I he did have to come off. He had a little bit of an injury, a hammy. Looked like he did something to his hammy there. Yeah, and his, his press conference afterwards, he was like, yeah, I, I felt something, but, you know, I just I was tired. I just wanted to sit down. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. I didn't want to come off, but it's fine. I'm like, what does that even mean, man? You came off with a hamstring injury, but you're like, oh, I was just tired. Okay. Whatever. I think he might get a little rest here against Sheffield United at the weekend. Probably. Yeah, I would expect Eddie to start. But then again, you know, we'll get into other people I expect to start that we have yet to see. So we'll see. <clears throat> Ramsdale. <clears throat> <laughs> So right when Arsenal were cruising, though, when life seemed good, Sevilla get one back off of a corner. Thunderous header just goes right past Raya. I'm going to butcher this defender's name. It's like Gay or something. Nemanja, whatever it is. Yeah. He had a fantastic header. I was looking at it, though. If they would have had a player on that post, probably would have stopped it. Why are coaches not fans of that? I, I was always a fan of that growing up, you know. On, I was on both posts. Yeah. I always I honestly I would always volunteer. Oh, I'll go to the post. It was a yeah, lot easier too. than having a market defender. I'm, like, I'm one of the I at the time I was one of the biggest players on the field as a striker and I'm like, guys, that's a lot of work. I'm just gonna go stand by the post, man. <laughs> I got a wider frame. I take up more room. It's okay. But you definitely save at least a couple goals a season oh, yeah. having a player. Oh, man. yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I, I mean, yeah. And I'll be honest with you. I don't know if that's an Arteta thing, if that's a David Raya thing, just how he sets up his defense, if he wants someone on the post or not. But it begs the question, I mean, yet another poor performance by David Raya. What is it going to take for Aaron Ramsdale 
to get into a match. So I, I can't fault him on that goal, but there was definitely a, an event that happened right at the end where a cross <laughs> came on and he went to go out to try to punch it. And I don't know, he hits it with like the back of his hand. Yeah. And it goes back towards the goal, and I'm thinking, oh shit. Yeah. And it lands on the top of the net, and I was like, oh, so sigh of relief. Well, like, I maybe I understand if, like, you got ahead of the ball and you're trying to come back and punch it and it goes off the back of your fist, but, like, otherwise, if you don't do that, it's almost like you're scared and you're just kind of. Maybe he, yeah, a little nervous coming out, getting clattered, or. Yeah. And you know what? I mean, we are playing in the Champions League. And in the Premier League, that's a big thing. Free kicks and stuff like that. Uh, I mean, Aaron Ramsdale's like 6'3", 6'4", and very good in dude. the air. He's very a Very good dude. in the air. Why is he not playing, Mikel Arteta? Why? Please. Give me a straight answer. Not this stupid stuff we hear in press conferences. Give me a straight answer. If David Rye is your number one, awesome. If he's not, and you have two number ones, put in Aaron Ramsdale, for Christ's sake. Rant over. <laughs> now that your rant's over, let's move on to the other game in that group. We had Lons against PSV. <laughs> this one was in Lons. And it ended 1-1. Yeah, deserved to. In the first half, it was a pretty slow first half. Chucky Lozano came close. He hit the kind of the inside of the post and came straight back out. A bit unlucky. He had a heck of he had a heck of a game though. Chucky did. Yeah, he did. And PSV they would eventually take the lead. Johan Bakayoko put PSV in the lead with a golasso man. Ooh man, did he strike that so cleanly? Very that thing knuckled in every which direction. That was in the 54th minute. I do feel like the goalkeeper, man, could have done better. It didn't even look like he tried to say he that. Like, it was almost like he's like, oh, it's going to go wide. And then, oh, shit. Like he didn't even that. really put his arms up to try no, to save it. He just, he just like, uh, fell down. Like, yeah, well, it's going wide. And then it went in the side netting. Like, Yes. The answer your question is yes. He could have done much better. <laughs> but Lons will equalize through, I'm, I'm going to say it's pronounced Elie Wahi. Fantastic little improvised finish, man. Little volley. Oh, this kid, man, this is the second game in a row in the Champions League he's done this. Did it against Arsenal. Now he does it against PSV. Holy crap, is he, like, he's got to be destined for a big money move in either January or the summer. I definitely think this summer he could go. He's only 20 is the thing. No, He's only 20 years old. But like at 20 with that much skill, you got the world at your feet. Like what team would suit him best? Arsenal. I want to say that, but I feel like his game is better suited for more like a Spain, like a Real Sociedad even. Yeah, it could. I mean, so the three matches in the Champions League, he's already got two goals. And in Liga, he's not firing yeah. quite on all cylinders in Liga. But still, I said this was a match week for youngsters. There's another yeah, one. 20-year-old yeah, popping up with well, a big and, goal, man. And Johan Bakioko too. <laughs> he's just a babe. Wee babe. 
Poe babe. <laughs> how old is he? Now I'm curious. I don't know how old he is. I think he's 20 as well. I want to say. He is also 20. So he's two 20 year olds, man. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, PSV sitting bottom of Group B, Law second behind Arsenal and Sevilla. Right where right they want to be, man. Be. <laughs> <laughs> that Europa League spot where we they... see you, Sevilla. You're not fooling nobody, <laughs> okay? You're not fooling nobody. Second. Two points and in third place. All right. Europa League, here we come. It's going back to win it again. Yep. <laughs> oh, no, we suck again. <laughs> but then we get real good. <laughs> all right well let's move on to the next group group c and we had union berlin against napoli napoli coming out one nil winners caviche cavaradona man he he might have had a slow start to the season but man is he on fire right now he is he tore it up in his last game i believe too in uh seria a Mm -hmm. But he came up with a big assist, beating his defender, cutting it back for uh, Raspadori. Finished it. Beautiful assist. Berlin, fun, man. Fun Trouble. fact, that was Napoli's only shot on target. Was it really? Yeah, in the entire game. <laughs> they made that one count. <laughs> they did. They did. You're not wrong. I'm looking at it now. Shots on target. <laughs> I only know it because... I listened to the whole chant that Union Berlin fans did with the team afterwards because, I mean, they're in big trouble sitting bottom of the Bundesliga. It's their ninth match they've lost in a row. They're in big trouble. Yeah, just kind of all around. Bundesliga Mm -hmm. and this group, honestly, it looks like they're going home. But I think, those, like like you said, those chants, those Union Berlin fans, they're just happy to be there, it seems like. I mean, they're pr- how can you not be proud of your team? I mean, you went from, what was it, like Bundesliga 3 to the Bundesliga in like five years, and then within two years you made it into the Champions League. Like, okay, good job. I can't even be upset with that. But yeah, looks like they, they're in trouble. The other game in the group, Sabraga against Real Madrid. Real Madrid coming out, 2-1 winners. I will say this... Braga Stadium is absolutely beautiful with a rock wall with a on a whole side and the scoreboard yeah. at the top of it. It's right called by the, the stands there. Yeah, it is absolutely gorgeous. So, really get into it. Well, Real Madrid would get the scoring started. A beautiful long ball over the top from Nacho to uh, Vinny Junior, who then just put his defender man through the spin cycle. Vinny Junior is just so fast. He's so He's fast. So good. He's so good. And then he crossed it in for Rodrigo to finish. That was in the 16th minute. I mean, just Real Madrid. Yeah. And on the hour mark, that man who just has been scoring goals for fun, Jude Bellingham, with like the calmest, I don't want to say laziest of finishes, but it was just... It almost looked lazy, man. That was like the calmest, easiest pass into the corner of the net from outside the team. just passed it. Just, yeah, yeah, right into the net. Yeah. And, like, as soon as he hit it, you're like, the goalie stands no chance, and this is going in. But it was a slow roller. It was crazy. It was. And it looked like Real Madrid were kind of cruising until they weren't. Because they were only cruising for two minutes when Braga scored their goal. Just two minutes later, 
Alvaro Giallo beating Cape at his near post. I will say I, I, I can't really fault Kepa for it too much. No. But it made things interesting. It did. And then Vinny Jr., man. Camavinga played a beautiful ball to him. Over the top, he scores it. And his offside by a nose hair, man. Oh, man. I, it, when they showed the graphic, it was literally like by his hairline. It's like on the side. I'm like, how is it's his hair? It shouldn't count. Why? It was such a beautiful ball by Camavinga, too. Oh, yeah. I will say Braga had a couple chances later especially on to late, especially equalize. Late. Yeah. yeah, they were pushing for it. It's Real Madrid holding out, getting that two to one victory. Honestly, they probably, if they really wanted to, probably could have blown Braga out. But they left a little close, and Braga thought they had a chance. And they, I probably would say at the end there, they probably could have scored. But So that leaves Real Madrid, man. They're perfect so far. Three wins out of three games, sitting in first on nine points. You got Napoli with two wins and a loss, sitting on six points. Braga in that Europa League spot on three points. And Union Berlin with a big, fat goose egg, man. I hope they at least get... A win. A point, yeah. I mean, to be honest with you, it's probably doing them a favor to get knocked out of all European competitions this season. They I don't need to focus on that Bundesliga, man. They do. They do. They're because, struggling. I mean, I, the last <clears throat> thing you want, after, especially after the story they had last season, is for them to get relegated this season. Oh, you don't want that, no. Yeah. All right, well, moving on to Group D. We had one of the teams I suspected would get out of this group, Real Sociedad, did. against the team you thought would get out of this group, Benfica. Which, I'll say it now, I concede, because they've lost 3-3 three of three as Real Sociedad beat them 1-0, and probably could have been a lot more. Yeah, it took a little late. Brais Mendez put Sociedad ahead on the 63rd minute after some great play from Benarexia. Probably butchered that. Sorry. Whatever. I do it all the time, man. I do it all the time. (laughs) But, man, there was a a play in this game I want to talk about where it was, like, beautiful build-up play. Takefuse Kubo cuts onto that left foot, top of the eight team, has a rocket of a shot. I thought it was destined for the net. I thought it was destined for the net. There had to have been 30 passes in that buildup, too. Like, it was one of the nicest team plays I've ever seen. And Would have you know, been a as great Arsenal goal. fans, we've seen a lot of those, including some uh, uh, goal of the year. I forget the trophy name. But Puskas. That's it. Some Puskas Award winners, but nope. Nope. Wasn't to be. Crossbar said, I have other ideas. Yeah, I mean, Benfica, man, they're sitting bottom of that group. They literally need to win out their games. Not going to happen. Not going to (laughs) happen. Well, let's move on to the other game in that group. We had Inter Milan against RV Salzburg. Inter Milan coming out 2-1 winners. I will say, Salzburg came out flying in this one. And Inter kind of took the lead against the run of play through one of our old favorites, Alexis Sanchez. Alexis Sanchez, yeah. Turning back the years, my friend. 
It was interesting. There was like a ball in, I can't remember who it was for, but it was for a different player who kind of, the ball was behind him. And then it just rolled right to Alexis, who was like, oh, thank you. And curled <laughs> it past the goalie. Yeah. I mean, it's his first goal since his return to Inter. Becomes the record holder for most Champions League goals by a Chilean, passing Arturo Vidal. Which, for how many goals Alexis Sanchez has scored? How? Like, it makes no sense that Arturo Vidal. I, don't know, would I, have I was been. thinking that too. Like, Arturo Vidal is <laughs> like, okay. huh? <laughs> Must have been all those years of <clears throat> Arsenal not playing well in the Champions League. It must have been. Or him at Manchester United. I don't either one. But just after halftime, around the hour mark, RB Salzburg would get a goal. Going to butcher his name as well. Oscar Glock. Don't know how you pronounce that last name. But I mean, it was fantastic. It was a long ball up. That forward up there had some fantastic hold up play. A quick, you know, one, two. Boom, they're in. Goal. 1-1. And it took until, what, seven minutes later, about? Just about, yeah. PK. So they had to get saved by a PK. Um, Hakan Kalinoglu steps up, takes it. I thought it was a pretty pretty obvious foul on Davide Fratesi. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He got decked. <laughs> but looking at that group, man, Real Sociedad sitting top. Yeah, I'm not going to lie, man. Real Sociedad might be uh, my new favorite team to watch in La Liga. Just their style of play. It's so similar to Arsenal. There's one-twos all around the pitch. And then Takafusa Kubo. Kubo. Man, does that kid know how to move the ball? He's like a mix of Martin Odegaard and Kiro Matuma. Like, holy shit. He's quick. He's definitely quick. All right. Let's move on to our next group, which was Group E. And honestly, this was one of the games I was most looking forward to to watch. It was Feyenoord and Lazio. This one ended 3-1 to Feyenoord. I'll be completely honest. This might have been the best game of the week. You think so, huh? It's pretty pretty good. It's, uh, It's up there. It's up there. So Santi Jimenez, man, was the star of the show in this one, the Mexican forward. Got his goal in the 25th minute with, I kind of think it was a little bit lucky. I know you kind of had different thoughts looking at the replays, but it was like his foot, defender's foot kind of met at the same time, and it kind of looped over the goalie as he went down to save it. Either way, it was a beautiful cushion touch in to get the shot off. Yes. Yeah, um, 25th minute. I want to talk about the one he got called for offsides, which is where he chipped the keeper from 18 yards out, which was absolutely beautiful. But Would yeah, have been. Six, six minutes later, you're right. Wonderfully cushioned touch. Did it take a deflection? Did it not? Did they both kick the ball at the same time? Ball went in the back of the net. It was a great finish either way. Yes, but, yes, it was. I mean, he scored nine straight in nine straight games. He's the first player to do so since Graziano Pele in 2013. He's got 14 goals already this season. That's the same amount as Mauro Icardi, who seemingly can't miss the net. So <laughs> I saw him miss a PK here on week two. <laughs> yes, we did. I don't know about that. But just before halftime, Feyenoord, man, they'd make it 2-0 as Rami- 
Ramiz Zaruki would perfectly place his looping first time strike to side netting after a superb cutback from Stens. Stangs, however you pronounce his name. Dutch Stengs, player. Yeah. yeah. It was a great cutback. Took it all the way to the line. Beat two defenders. First time shot, side netting. It's wonderful. And then Jimenez, man, he would get his second shot on target. Goalie saves it. Ball falls right to him. Easiest of tap-ins. And so I, I kind of want to go on a little Santi Jimenez rant here, man. He, Let's do it. He, he was in. signed from Cruz Azul in Mexico back in 2002. And last year for Feyenoord, he scored 15 goals and 32 appearances. This year, he already has 13 goals and 9 appearances for Feyenoord in just the league. That's just the league, yeah, not including the, the two goals and he scored. Since the beginning of last season, he's got 38 goals in all competitions, including this season. How long does he stay at Feyenoord? Uh, maybe till the summer. Maybe till January. <laughs> I, it depends what teams come for him, right? You think a guy that young with that much talent Playing in the Champions League at the moment, come January, if a team that's not in the Champions League and probably has no hope of going into the Champions League comes for him, he probably says no. However, if a big team comes for him, I mean, there are some teams that are looking for a young striker. <laughs> Real Madrid. <clears throat> um, Again, and so I, I mentioned this was about the young players. Santi Jimenez, man, 22-year-old. Again, young player coming up big. Coming up big. Yeah, and it, this guy, he can't stop scoring right now. But he, does that no. directly correlate into the other leagues in Europe? I'm not so sure. No, sometimes it doesn't. You've seen some of these Eredivisie players go to a Premier League and struggle. Tony Van de Beek. Anthony. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and so I would like to We've see We've seen him them do very skip. well. So it could go either way. It could, but I would like, I think, definitely see him stay the rest of the season and potentially one more, see how he does, and then get a big a big move somewhere. But Lazio, they would get one back through the, through the penalty spot. There was a foul on... Uh, who was the foul on? Uh, Castellanos. That's who it Castellanos. was, Castellanos. Yeah. Yeah, Lopez go right through the back of him. Pedro stepped his, up, converted the penalty. His game. jersey says something different though. It doesn't say Castellanos. Yeah, that it's, funny. it's Tati. His first Tati, name. Tati. That. Yeah. yeah. So that's why I was like, "Who's this guy?" And I was like, "Oh wait, Castellanos." Yeah, I remember him last <laughs> I know, year in La Liga tearing it up. up too. I had to look it up too. <laughs> but Pedro, man, rolling back the years, steps up to the spot, converts it. If I'm not mistaken, that's two and two games for Pedro in the Champions League. Didn't he have a, a goal in the last game against, what was it, Celtic? Or Atletico? One of the two? I remember him scoring a goal death. recently. I, I couldn't yeah. tell you if it was Champions League or City. Uh... Anyways, good for him. He's like 37, 38 years old. So. <laughs> but man, you were right about this Feyenoord team. I think you picked him to get out of this group, if I'm not mistaken. I did. Along with and Atletico. Holy, holy crap, are they fun to watch. Or did you pick them for Europa League? I, I can't remember. I picked them to get out of the group with okay. Atletico, and I believe I picked Lazio to go into the Europa League. And Celtic to finish last, and you called me batshit crazy. 
Well, they were last right now. Moving on to that game, Celtic versus Atletico. <laughs> this one ended 2 2. Oh, man. I, I thought Celtic were going to do first, it, man. First off, I want to talk about these Atletico jerseys. Did you hear the story behind these? No, I didn't. All red kits. So, 1974, Atletico played Celtic in the Champions League semifinal. They wore these kits at Celtic Park in 74 and tied them and then beat them 2 0 in, uh, <clears throat> in Spain. But they recreated that jersey just to go to Celtic and wear it. What shithousery. Holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> fantastic shithousery but yeah. man Celtic they scored the first goal in the in four minutes inside four minutes beautiful oh. build up play so nice killed off, uh, finished by uh, Furuhashi hopefully I said that okay yes you did proud of you <laughs> thanks and then Atleti would equalize from the spot I thought it was a soft pen but I think just about I thought it was very, very soft and probably a bit harsh. Like I probably wouldn't have called it a penalty kick. Yeah, Taylor was judged to have brought down Molina. Griezmann would step up. Joe Hart makes a nice save, man. Pushes it onto the so, post. So unlucky. And then it, it rolls right back to Griezmann. For like him he, just done to that. he didn't even have to move. In. He didn't even have Griezmann to move. Griezmann didn't. No, it came right to him. <laughs> Oh, I felt bad for Joe Hart yeah, on that I, one. I did too. Speaking of but, rolling back the years. Right. And Celtic, man, they would take back the lead just three minutes later off of it took a little deflection, but it was a beautiful strike. Yeah, Luis Palma smashed it. And it was from a tight angle too. Oh, it like, was. At, just outside the edge of the six yard box and just smashes it in off the far post. But it wasn't meant to be, man. Watching that, I thought, oh, Celtic, they're going to do it. They're going to get their first win. No, nope. They deserved it, too, in this match. That guy, man, who's on fire right now, Alvaro Morata, with a lovely kind of stooping down header, puts it far post. Oh, beautiful finish. Beautiful cross beautiful. from Marcos Llorente. And this one ended 2-2. Yeah, man. How about Antoine Griezmann right now? He's in fantastic form. Nine goals, 12 appearances in all competitions. He's now third all-time scoring for Athletics. Four league goals and seven total behind Luis Aragones for the most in Athletic history. He's getting up there, yeah. I mean, he's going to be an Atletico great. Oh, of course. And no doubt about that. I'll be honest that. with you, with just seven goals needed and four league goals, he'll probably do that before the end of the year. No problem. The way he's playing right now, yeah. <laughs> probably by the end of November. Let's be honest. <laughs> Rodrigo DePaul would get sent off in this game. Imagine that. Atletico player getting sent off. Weird. For two yellows. Surprising. Mm. So the first one was for descent. <laughs> the first yeah. yellow. And then the second yellow was just bad tackle right at the end there. My favorite is always the reactions after the bad tackles. There's like. What? That wasn't a bad tackle. Oh my God. What? I didn't touch him. Man, you cleaned him out. You know you did. <laughs> okay? Just walk off the field. <laughs> but that leaves Feyenoord, man. Top of the group, six wins at Letty. They're in second, five points. Six wins, six points for Feyenoord, sorry. Lazio, they're sitting in that Europa League spot, four points. Celtic, man. 
one one lone point. I feel bad for the coolest... them. They played, they played better well. than, the four, than one point, yeah. And they have the best jerseys. I love their jerseys. I do too. Especially they have this the best year. jersey they in that group, Celtic. So <laughs> I'll give them that. Yeah. At least they look good losing. They look good, that's right. Well, let's move <laughs> on to the group of death, man. Group F. We'll start with Newcastle against Dortmund. This was at uh, St. James's Park. You and I, we both thought Newcastle were going to win this one. Dortmund yeah, I mean, running I, out, 1-0 winners. I thought for sure another Champions League game, especially after that PSG game at St. James's Park, that atmosphere was going to be rocking yet again. They've been on fire in the Premier League. I thought it was going to be rocking. It was not. I thought that we would see more goals than we did. Newcastle have been scoring for fun. Dortmund's defense has been a little sus lately. Dortmund still haven't lost this season either. No, but they're not playing the best. No, if you look at how they are in Bundesliga. In the Bundesliga, they're still tied on points with Bayern Munich. Not playing well. No. (laughs) Good for them. The goal would come through uh, Felix Nemecha. I gotta say, man, it was a sweet side foot volley, but. The way this goal started, it was a fantastic tackle from Nico Schlotterbeck on Anthony Gordon, who then runs the ball forward, passes it to Marco Royce, keeps going. He's down the wing on the side of the box. Marco Royce gives it back to him. 100-yard sprint. He cuts it back for Nemecha to finish. So I had to shout out Schlotterbeck on that one. What a fantastic tackle. He got the assist. Schlotterbeck has been the man for... Dortmund for years so it doesn't surprise me at all but props on giving him a shout out and Daniel Mallon was also a huge thorn in Newcastle's side man Nick Pope had to come up with a couple big saves from him in uh, full crook oh yeah yeah. that double save he had in the first half I don't know how he got his hand on that second one it was like he was laying on the ground and somehow like jumped up in the air and saved it from (laughs) laying down fantastic save yeah Second well half would roll around, and it was obviously Newcastle trying to push for that goal, hitting the post, crossbar. Dortmund, man, they rode that wave of luck and somehow eked out a win on this one. <laughs> I don't know how. Massive, massive win for them. Huge Away win. Oh, yeah. It makes this group a lot more interesting. I mean, this this was right here for Newcastle to take, man. They drew at Milan. They got the win against PSG. If they just would have got a win here, oh, they would have been looking pretty. Now, as it stands, Newcastle are in that Europa League position. Yeah. Because yeah. of the head-to-head against Dortmund. Yeah, man. Missed opportunity, and this group is now wide open. Dortmund just blew it up. They said, whatever you were planning, Uno reverse card. Don't think so. <laughs> I will say Alexander Isak had to come off injured um, early in the first half. So hopefully it's nothing long-term for him because Callum Wilson came on for him and Callum Wilson, Wilson missed a couple Sitters. opportunities he should yeah. have finished. Mm-hmm. And Isak, I mean, there was a breakaway and I think like the, our one-on-one opportunity for him in the first half and he looked a bit slow. He slow. looks slow. Yeah. That's what I'm going to say. Yeah. I remember when he got through, I was like, oh, he's through. And then he kind of yeah. pulled up and didn't. Beat I think the he, he laid it off for Anthony Gordon, yeah. who 
did his age. Providol had a nice save. That yeah. I got another shout out to Providol, man. He came up with some oh. big saves too. Woo! Him yeah. and Pope both look spectacular in this one. Yeah, I think I think I saw a stat where he's the only keeper to keep a clean sheet at St. James's Park this season. That's an interesting stat. Yeah. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong down in the comments, but I'm sure they will. It, it would make sense. <laughs> the other game, I watched this one very closely. This was PSG and AC Milan. This was at the Parc de Prince in Paris. PSG, man, ran out 3-0 winners. Yeah, they grabbed the Uno wild draw four. Gave that A draw Milan. three. <laughs> <laughs> should, probably should have been four because Milan were very disappointing in this match. <clears throat> I will say Milan looked... They looked good for about the first half an hour until that first goal went in. Like, I would say that first okay. goal was kind of against the run of play. But that was it. That was all yeah. Milan. Milan their only mid- played for 30 minutes in this game. got bossed by a 17-year-old. 17-year-old who looks spectacular, <laughs> man. Zaire Emery. I'm not, I'm not taking anything away from him because that was a world-class performance from a 17-year-old, even getting high praise from Thierry Henry. So I'm not taking nothing away from him. But he single-handedly bossed that AC Milan midfield. He did. And he set up the first goal for killing Mbappe, who put Fikayo Tomori through the spin cycle, man. Sat him down. Yeah, and wrong-footed Magic Mike Mannion, too. Yeah, he did. He didn't even move. (laughs) And that was was in the 32nd minute. So, yeah, just after that half-hour mark. And, again, AC Milan, man, that was just disappointing. So disappointing. Yeah. I expected especially so going, much more from them. Especially going forward. It's like, what happened? Did Rafael Leao or Olivier Giroud play? I know Ollie played because I saw him take a free kick that got blazed over the bar. <laughs> but other than that, you no, I don't think so. I think he maybe just had a cameo appearance for that free kick. Pretty much. And just after halftime, devastating counter, some brilliant individual skill from Usman Dembele would slot home the second for PSG. I know he had one taken back for, uh, it was a foul in the buildup. Yeah. And so that that was that goal. It was a foul in the buildup and it got called back, which I think rightly so. The ref went and looked at the uh, monitor and then called it back. Because Kolomowani would get their second goal. That was in the uh, 53rd. Easy little tap in off of a shot. And then Kang and Lee would get the third towards the end there. I think it was, uh, that was in the 89th minute. Just to finish the route. Milan, man. His first goal for PSG. It was, yeah. I think that performance. At uh, St. James's Park for PSG kind of woke them up. <laughs> well, it should have. They got whooped. Well, they turned around here and whooped AC Milan, man. I thought Milan were going to be better because they just lost at the weekend to Juve and Serie A. Thought maybe they'd be hungry. Nope. They played the same way they did on the weekend. Well, they played all right in the weekend until they got a man sent off. But man, how good was 17-year-old Warren Zaire Emery in this match? Fantastic. Again, I said this was all about the youngsters. Here's a 17-year-old tearing it up. 
tearing in the it up. Champions League against AC Milan. I mean, he looked better than the guy he replaced in Marco Verratti, and he got two assists and a midfield masterclass in this match. I yes. had I had nothing but the highest of praises for his performance in this match. And I love it, man. He's not a he's not a Marco Verratti who you you know you're paying big money. This is a 17 year old who's just happy to be on the field. Oh yeah, and he looks like it too. Playing like it, he he doesn't care about what position he wants to be on that field, man. Seventeen, and it, he's looking fantastic. But this group, the group of death, is lining up to be one tasty affair, man. PSG sitting top on six points, Dortmund in second on four points, Newcastle in third on four points, and Milan are in fourth with two points. Yeah, man, this group is wide open. Like PSG got to travel to Milan next match day. Newcastle travel to Dortmund. Anything can happen. Who do you have finishing out of this group? Who'd you say originally? I think PSG and uh, Milan. I think so, unfortunately. Uh, but now I'd probably say, I think Newcastle probably has enough to get out of this group with PSG. That's what I'm thinking, too. Yeah. But who knows? So let's I move. mean, wild cards all over the place. Oh, anything can happen, man. Yeah. All of them are great teams. Moving on to Group G, we had RB Leipzig against Red Star Belgrade, or however they pronounce it, Kresna Zvenzda. Yeah. Something like that. Red Star. We'll call him Red Star. Yeah. (laughs) This one ended 3-1 for RB Leipzig, which, I mean, let's be honest, of course it was going to end that way. Yeah, one way and one way only. David Rahm would put the home side ahead on just 12 minutes after his shot basically just went through the goalkeeper. Powder, powered it right through his legs. Fantastic play, though, working the ball from right to left to get it to him, overloading that left side. And then after being provider for the first goal, Mr. Javi Simmons. Simons. Simons. Got his name on the score sheet. I always think, is it Simon Simmons? I don't know, man. <laughs> I know. It's, like, what is the difference in the spelling? I don't know. But, but he scores a fucking golazo from the deep. From the deep. Holy crap. And this came out of nothing. He just gets the ball probably, what, 35 yards out? Takes the ball in. He was deep. About yeah, he three, was four deep. touches infield, and then just pile driver into the top corner where the spiders lay their eggs. It was, yeah, it was a beautiful one. Again, another young 20-year-old getting on the score sheet. Do you think PSG regret putting him out on loan? (laughs) (laughs) No, I think they're happy watching him develop the way he is, man. That probably, for me, is probably the best signing of the season because they signed him for five mil. PSG. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Goal of the week, though? Mm-hmm. So there's the three that stand out for me is that one, that Javi Simmons. Mm-hmm. There's a goal against Young Boys scores against Man City, a chip. Well, we'll get to in a second. Yeah, and then uh, Gabriel Jesus's goal against Sevilla. Yeah, I mean, all three are great. I mean, even the you know, Johan Bakioko one was wonderful. But I, it, this, I gotta give it to this you. goal was from so far out. And it was perfectly in the top corner. 
I gotta give it to this one. I, I would it. too. Yeah, yeah, I think I would too. Red Star though, they would get back into it. Getting a goal in the 70th minute. It was kind of against the run of play. Marco Stemenich would find a deflected shot. It it was a weird one. A shot comes, deflects, and it just fell perfectly to him. Just yeah. had to tap it in. It's like here. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> so a very fortuitous goal there for Red Star. But then Danny Almo would also kind of find a fortuitous goal. Ball bouncing around the box, comes off the crossbar, falls right to him. Just had to tap it in as well. But I do got to give a shout out, man, to the Red Star uh, oh, goalie. He came gla- up with is it some Glazer fantastic- or gla- Glaze? I, I don't remember. I would say but... Glazer. I don't know. Yeah. Came up with some fantastic saves in this game. How was he amazing in this match? And another interesting thing that happened in this game is a PK was actually reversed. Yeah. It was a it was a great tackle. I mean, in live play, it did look like a foul. Didn't look like the defender got the ball. But came to the monitor and it was ruled that the RB Leipzig player got all ball. Correct call for you? Yes, one hundred percent. Yeah, I agree. That's how VAR should be run to the T. There you go. The other game in this uh, group was Young Boys against Manchester City. We gave a little spoiler. Young Boys scored a goal, but conceded three. They lost 3-1. I will say this was a very much changed squad from Manchester City. Very interesting tactics and lineup. It was an interesting lineup, yes. He had Jack Grealish and Jeremy Doku starting. Yeah, Jeremy Doku, Doku on, on the, the right. right. Yeah, you had Matias Nunez and Mateo Kovacic starting both in the midfield. Uh, we saw the return of Rico Lewis and Nathan Ake, and then actually got a rare substitute appearance from Kevin Phillips. Again, interesting tactics all around. It was. It was. Uh, Man City would start the scoring in the 48th. Ruben Diaz had a header that was was it saved or it came off the crossbar. Came off, came off the bar. Saved off of the bar. Yeah, so and, goalie parried yeah. it onto the bar. And so it fell right to Akanji. First goal for Man City for him. But Young Boys would equalize just four minutes later, like I said, through a sublime chip that almost looked like it was going out. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. I thought it was going over. <laughs> and somehow dropped, fell into the goal. Beautiful chip. Elia is the goal scorer. And I saw that man. So I was watching, uh, I believe it was Milan and PSG and then watching all these live on my phone. And I saw that was li- as, as it was live. And I was like, are young boys going to do this? Could they? Right. right? Is there something magical going to happen here? On this artificial turf? No real grass? <laughs> It wasn't meant to be. Rodri gets fouled in the box. Erling Holland takes a PK, scores it, of course. Of course. And then he would get his second goal. Beautiful finish with his right foot. Yeah. Don't see that too often. Kind of curls it to that top corner. I will say, though, Erling Holland, he might have had two goals in this one. Should have had five. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he was a little wasteful in this one. Yeah. A little bit. I mean, he's you can't harp on him too much. Still scored two goals. The guy's still 
popping them in. But he had chances that I think he should have put away. There's there's no denying that. Yeah. And last season probably would have had three or four goals in this game in this match. Potentially. But Man City man, they're perfect. Sitting on nine points after three wins. RB Leipzig in second with their two wins, six points. Young boys on one point. Red Star Belgrade also on one point. Young boys sitting in that Europa League spot. Yeah, I mean, Leipzig and City pretty much in cruise control exactly where we expect them to be. It's going to come down to the game between Young Boys and Zervana Zazevsta. Or Red Star Belgrade. <laughs> well, on to the last group, Group H. Saw is it H or is it hate? Group hate. No? Like, like cool H. quip? Cool quip? <laughs> okay, man. I don't family guy reference, I see. Uh, sorry. We had Antwerp against Porto. Yeah, I'm going to ignore you. That <laughs> <laughs> was bad. That was bad. This was another one. As I was watching results happen live, Antwerp were winning 1-0. And I was thinking, hot damn. And then I thought, oh, hot damn. As Porto would want to score four goals, <laughs> they won 4-1. Oh. Yeah. I mean, Antwerp went ahead, though, in the 37th minute. So, pretty much a stalemate till then. It was very back was. and forth. Balik Wisha would see his shot blocked straight into the path of Yusuf. Great finish off the rebound. It was. It was. And then just seconds in the second half, Porto equalized. Tarimi oh. dribbled through like two defenders, releasing the ball to Evanielsen, whose deflected shot would find the net. Poor giveaway, though, by it Antwerp. It was poor. It was poor. They got, one of their players got caught on the ball in his own half. Can't do that. Leads to danger and goals. But Porto would get the second goal just six minutes later. Estakiao. I believe is how you pronounce pronounce that. Estequio. Estequio, whatever. He would find the net, calm finish inside the box. Beautiful run from Jao Mario to set it up. Oh. Passes Ooh. it to him in the box, and yeah. Speaking of players rolling rest. back the years. Yeah. Evanuel Sin would find his second goal in the 69th minute to get his brace. Low volley, man. I mean, it was... What a hit. Beautiful kind of cushion touch from Pepe to set it up for him, and he just rockets it into the bottom corner. What a strike. It was such a sweet volley. Mm. Making me hungry. (laughs) Pepe would also turn provider again with a ball over the top, and it's delightfully volleyed, kind of chipped over from Evanuelson to get his hat trick. He also came on as a substitute in the 44th minute in this one. <laughs> Scoring yeah. a hat trick. Yeah, I saw him on the bench. I was like, that's a bold decision. <laughs> Let's see how it pays out for him, Cotton. Yeah. yeah. Came on before halftime. And that's why you don't bench him. Got this season's first Champions League hat trick. There you go. The other game in this group was Barcelona against Shakhtar Donetsk. This one ended 2-1 for Barca. Ferran Torres will get the scoring started for Barca in this one as Gundogan played a lovely ball over the top to Fermin Lopez, 
who should have scored, let's be honest. Yeah, 100%. But he rattles his shot off the crossbar. Rattled that crossbar. Emphasis on rattled. Rattled. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the, I thought the, that ball, goal was the whole goal lift came out. off the yeah. ground. Yeah, and then Ferran Torres with a lovely finish to it put was, it away. It was a lovely volley. Wasn't it came easy. to him quick. Yeah, it wasn't an yeah. easy one. I know they took the VAR took a long time to look at this one to see if Fermin Lopez was offside. He was not. He was not. But guess who would get the second goal? The young twenty-year-old Fermin Lopez. Golasso, man, beautiful. What shot. a strike. What a strike. And this one Can was just eight again? minutes later. Yeah. Where the spiders lay their eggs. But this time off the post again. And it went in. So I know I was, I've was i been talking about youngsters a lot in this episode. And I will say Fermin Lopez's performance, I think, was my favorite. Oh, easy. He was a Out man of, of the of match them. in this one. And he was everywhere spraying shots at at the goal and i mean would he hit the post like three four times in this one i think he should have had at least a couple goals yeah. in this one yeah he hit the post again yeah in the second half he had a a low a low shot that kind of bounced off the post i'm curious you think he starts this weekend against real madrid and el clasico i mean with that performance i, I mean what are you gonna start rafinha over him well he nope. plays more in that midfield role so it'd be a. Uh, Laminia Mao starting over Rafinha. Okay. So, Ayong, um, should be out. Pedri looks like he's going to be out. I don't see why you don't. With that performance, how can you not? I would like to see maybe Frankie, De Jong, Gundogan, and Lopez in that midfield. That would be, that would be nice to see. It's all going to depend on who's healthy. But. It is. They do have quite a few injuries. We'll see if some of them are back. I mean, Lewandowski's out. Gavi's out. Pedri. Rafinha. So we'll, we'll see who comes back. Jao Felix came off injured, but he said on social media that he's going to be okay. Yeah, he said he's fine. He's already looking forward to practice tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> but Shakhtar would get back into the this one. They got a goal later on. 60-second minute. 60 second, 60 second minute, yeah, yeah. and it, it made it interesting. Time. I will say, it kind of rattled Barca a little, but man, they they pull through those La Masaya products showing up big, and I love to see it. I love to see these youngsters coming through, man. Lamina Mal, who's seventeen, it's amazing. How Kirby do they Lopez, keep producing 20? these these world class talents? Over and over. And it's not just like one at a time. It's in bunches. And you think right now they got Yamin Lamal, they got Gabby, Pedri, Alejandro Balde, Fernando Lopez. Lopez. Uh, that, who's that youngster that just scored on the weekend? Yeah, Marco Geek or Gui? something? Guy Gui? or Gui? Gui? Yeah. So, yeah. Again, another that, that, young player. Again, that's. So where are we at? Seven, eight now? <laughs> at the same time? This is insane. It is. Why do they keep buying players? They have all these youngsters. I don't know. They understand. don't need to, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, save them billions of dollars. Or pounds or euros, whatever you want. There you go. But man, so that brings us into this episode. What a Champions League week it was. Group of Death is wide open. Manchester United back into being able to get to those knockout rounds. 
we're seeing the usual suspects, the Barca's, Madrid's, Man City's, looking like they're going to go through. And it was a fun week in the Champions League. Yes, it was, my friend. Yes, it was. Thank you guys so much for listening. Don't forget to check out our socials. Find us on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. Join our Facebook group. Let us know. Who's your favorite new youngster coming up? Who's your favorite performance from this match week three in the Champions League? Because we want to hear from you guys. Don't forget to check out our Redbubble. Check out the merch. As always, we love you guys. Thank you so much. Cheers.